Boom, here we are with 31 Days of Halloween Horror Movie number 7. This one was streamed on Hulu. It's called The Other Lamb from 2019. The Other Lamb is incredibly dark. So dark. In fact, it would fit much better in a 31 Days of Samhain challenge instead of Halloween, if that makes any sense. I know my misfits, Samhain and Danzig fans, will get that. Actually, that's not a bad idea. 31 Days of Samhain movies. I like that. I'm going to put that one in the pocket. The script is sharp, and it doesn't care much if you understand what is going on or not. And I have a lot of respect for movies like this because they feel like they're more about the art than the commercialism or the four-tent pole quadrant demographic whatever whatever sort of thing. As a result, you wind up with really interesting stories when when it's when they care more about the art. The Other Lamb is about a girl who's spent her whole life in a cult full of women with a single patriarch father, Christ wannabe slash pedo piece of shit. I mean, just the worst kind of piece of shit you can imagine. And this is her dad. Or at least it's a, it's never actually said, but I mean, it's like, you, you know it's her dad. The story slowly builds via sort of coming of age in a cult and finishes in a somewhat graphic and grim finale that most certainly works. Like, I'm very satisfied where the story finishes. But I felt like we needed more catharsis in the form of wrath, and we didn't quite get that. Either way, I still highly, highly recommend it. Here are some of my notes. You know, they, they live, the compound they live on is somewhere in the wilderness and it's like an abandoned facility and there's multiple sort of buildings and they have a whole operation. They have herds of, of sheep, which, you know, very, again, on the nose metaphor, herd of sheep, cult of sheep, blah, 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 blah. You can figure it out. Lambs to slaughter, the blood, blah, 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 blah. Like it's all there, right there. And there's nothing to suggest at first, like wh what the timeline is, what the time frame, the time period. It could be anywhere from the last 30 to 40 years. They, they've just taken over some abandoned facility and turned it into their cult-like compound. And, you know, just the way that there's only one ram in a flock, which they, you know, also on the nose say it in the movie, there's only one male, the patriarch of the entire cult, which is just comprised completely of women. Two categories. You have the wives and the daughters that they have given birth to. So this dude has a lot of children. All the children wear green and all the, the wives wear red. And it makes you wonder, d d why does he have them color-coded like that? And you think, well, maybe, <laughs> maybe that's just so he doesn't get tempted because he's that kind of guy who would be tempted. And that's kind of what the movie is about as well. He gets... He's very tempted. Uh, he's ready to turn his daughter into his wife, basically. Very biblical, right? That's what happens in the Bible all the time. The first question that comes to mind when I see that it's just every, everybody's a woman and that there are lots of children. What happens to the boy babies? That I was just thinking, you know, what happens to them? And, you know, obviously the shepherd is fixing, has his eye fixed on his daughters and that he wants to fuck his daughters. And, you know, the women are constantly praying to be full of the shepherd's grace. The shepherd is the name of this patriarch, father, bastard, piece of shit, motherfucker. 
and they want to be filled full of his grace. So it's like the women's goal is just to get prego, you know, and it's just very much, it's a handmaid's tale in the woods, right? The cult also is a bit of an allegory in the cave situation for the daughters who have never seen the outside world. They literally grew up in this cult. And then, you know, as I said, they wear red and green to separate wife from daughter, but during the sermon prayer, they're all wearing white as they accept the blood of the lamb, which alludes to the notion in my eyes that they are all game, even though he gives the illusion that they're separate as daughters and wives. In his mind, everybody is fuckable, which is just so wrong and like gross and just, you know, something that you see, that you figure you'd see in a religious cult, right? They're also like surrounded by these white yarn installations, which I found interesting. They're never explained. They're just sort of wrapped all their surroundings around in, in these strings of yarn. And I just, for me, it kind of seemed like the yarn was there to entrap them where they, or entrap their view of the world, you know, or to tangle their minds. I thought it was a really nice touch of production design. It's kind of like the human version of the Bible story, you know, the Garden of Eden with one Adam and many Eves. And the there's like this wife who has been cast off and she's like the Lilith and she's an outcast in the shack. She also has scars on her body and they were supposedly put there because she was too vain, I don't know. We eventually learn that our main character's mom has died, but we don't know how that happens. But the the, the outcast wife who's talking to the main character, who's kind of snotty and kind of like really pious, she says, I'll be seeing you when the blood comes to you. And she's she's literally talking about getting her period. So the whole time you are just sort of like feeling this anxiety that you know the moment that she drops blood, that she gets her period, she starts to enter into womanhood that this dude, her father, is going to go after her. There's an omen in a field. We see this super gory, visceral, skinned lamb that's exposed to the world, if you will, by missing its skin. And that she's going to become this lamb just as she gets this per her period. She, she She's going to have the casing that keeps her in her realm, in her, you know, sort of reality is going to be removed and she's going to be naked to the true world in that her father is going to R-A-P-E her, you know, it's just clearly what's going to happen. And you see that he he really, he manhandles, that you see marks on some of the girls' necks. Eventually a cop car comes and we can tell that the period has to be within the last 30 or 40 years, can't tell which. You will find out, at the, by the end, we, we see a modern camera, so we know it's kind of a contemporary story, but at the time, you just see the car in the distance, so you're not really sure. And the, the cop is like, you got to get out of here and, you know, within the next few days. So then he, he lies to his flock and he goes, oh, we need to leave. It's dangerous here. We need to go find the new Eden, the new promised land. He packs everybody up, pregnant wives and all, and they all march through the wilderness. And it's just, it's, it's rough, man. It's rough terrain. And that's when they get manhandled and it's just really rough on all of the wives. But they keep following the shepherd because they are part of the flock. And this girl, the main character, who's the, the daughter, one of the daughters, she, she's one of the eldest daughters. She's questioning everything. And they come to an old abandoned house and he doesn't want them staying there because it's a broken house made by broken people. He's told his daughters and his wives that the world is broken outside and that they can only find salvation with him, yada, yada, yada the whole thing. Something else that I noticed, an old wife is, 
is resentful that the younger wife is getting more attention and says, do you remember when he used to look at us like that? Because he has all these wives. He's paying attention to different wives at different times. And the young wife is like, it's different because you're old. And it made me think that, you know, when it comes to the young and the old, the old are too wise, too late, and the young are too foolish for too long. So I thought that was very interesting. And then we get this big twist. Her mother didn't die in childbirth. What happened was she had an infection and he didn't take her to the hospital and said it was a test of her faith. And she died because he probably didn't want to get caught, you know, having all these wives and, you know, probably some of them are clearly super young. He's probably forcing himself on women who are underage. When this main girl starts to realize the truth, she starts to realize that she doesn't want to be there and she's like projecting herself elsewhere in moving cars, which I, thought, which I thought was a really interesting way to visually show what's in her mind without like letting us know with dialogue. I love that. That's show, don't tell. Another, probably one of the most profound moments is when the, this, this shunned wife, the Lilith wife, is asked, why didn't she leave? And this is why people don't always leave toxic situations. She responds very honestly and very humbly. She goes, she didn't leave because she was afraid and that she had been there for so long that she didn't know who she was anymore. And that's why people stay. That's why people stay even when it's a bad situation. It's really, really sad and it's really, really true. Eventually the cursed wife, the, the shunned wife Lilith, she does hold the shepherd accountable and calls him by his human name. He's not long, no longer the shepherd. His name is Michael. And it takes away his godhood in the process and she leaves. She bounces. Basically what happens is another wife dies. Young, pregnant wife goes into labor early because they're doing miles and miles of walking every day, endlessly to nowhere. They don't know where they're going. And everybody's starting to, the morale is starting to slip. She she gives birth to a boy. They they burn her body. And and the dude, Michael, the, the, the shepherd, he leaves his son next to the burnt corpse because he doesn't want, the, he says the baby is born wrong or whatever, but really he just doesn't want any other rams in his flock. Eventually, the girl who has now had her period, she gets called into her father's tent and he does what we are anticipating was going to happen the whole time. He R-A-P-E's and, you know, the M word, he, you know, he does this to her. He has this move with fingers in the mouth. He does this whole thing to her and she is, he forces himself upon her and it's, it's really, really disturbing. And then it suddenly jumps ahead. They they turn on the shepherd and they kill him and it's really violent. The girl rips his ear off with her mouth. It's it's nuts. And then we find out the reason why. I don't know why they decided to tell this. I don't know why this had to be out of order. See, they started they start jumping around the narrative and it's just so unnecessary. We've had this linear narrative this whole time and now you're jumping out of the linear time to show us that the that the shepherd gets turned, that they turn upon the shepherd, only to reveal the truly shocking and grim ending where he's been baptizing his wives and daughters in New Eden. They finally make it to New Eden after he beats up on one of his daughters. It's terrible, absolutely terrible. It's really, really tough to watch this film. This is not an easy watch. And he decides to drown all of his wives, all of the mothers of his daughters who are there. He drowns them all because he wants to make his daughters his new wives. That's the ending of the movie. And they turn upon him and they, 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 bru I mean, they brutally assault him 
and kill him. They string him up in this in a Christ-like position, and they put the ram horns from the the, the single ram, who seems to be this sort of like animalistic avatar the whole time for the shepherd. They put the ram's horns on his head, and you know, two sheriffs come and they they discover. And now the sisters are free to be like the cursed wife. There's this whole flashback where she talks about how she used to strip naked and just be you know free in the woods to roam free, kind of like. Uh, of everything and they kind of you kind of have a feeling of they're just going to be like this lost tribe of women uh, which kind of is very invocative of the movie the woman in fact maybe that the woman i know that that was a sequel in itself to another jack ketchum novel but like what if this instead is the prequel to the women and that one of the daughters eventually grows up into the the woman played by pollyanna mcintosh that gets taken into the house who knows Bottom line, as I said, I just was, I was not, you know, I was kind of like not satisfied. I felt like this shepherd guy needed way more punishment and we needed to see that punishment. We needed to feel him. We needed to revel in him feeling like he himself was forsaken. And for him, he needs the admiration of his flock. So I, we didn't really get enough of that. And that's the one thing that really bothers me about the film. You know, you're going to show us all this brutality and then you need to turn turn the the dial so that we can see the justice being distributed in the right kind of way and we don't get it. We don't quite get it in that way. <laughs> 